what is the church? The church is the people of God, powered by the Spirit of God, guided by the Word of God, working for the glory of God. This is the church. The church is not just a place. The church is the people. The church is not just a monument. It's a movement. The church is not just a building. It's a body. The church is not just an accessory. It's a necessity. This is the church. The Bible says the church is the hope of the world, the salt of the earth, and the city on a hill. The church is the family of God, the body of Christ, and light in the darkness. The church is God's plan A, and there is no plan B. The church is where all kinds of people, from all kinds of places, come together to forsake their sins and to worship their Savior. Where chains are broken and broken hearts are put back together, where prodigals come home and captives are set free, this is the church. Where blind eyes are opened and good news is preached, where the low are lifted up and the proud are brought low, where the lost are found and the helpless find help, where brothers and sisters can find love and acceptance from each other and from their Father in heaven, this is the church, where the disciples of Jesus are built up in their most holy faith. The church is where the gospel is. The church is where grace is. The church is where God is. The church is you. The church is me. The church is all of us. This is the church. Why do we exist as a church family? To love God. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing and every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. Revelation 5, 11 through 13. Why do we exist as a church family? To love God. Jesus says, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. John 15, verses 9 through 11. Why do we exist as a church family? To connect with others. And he, God himself, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, 
for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but, speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effect of working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. Why do we exist as a church family? To connect with others. Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Philippians 2, verses 2 through 4. Why do we exist as a church family? To reach the world. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Matthew 28, 18-20. Would you pray with me? Father, we just come to you now, and we just thank you for your many blessings that you've bestowed upon us as individuals. But Father, we also thank you for those blessings that you've bestowed upon this church, Lord, for, for so many years now. Lord, we thank you that you brought us to this point in history, that we could have an impact in the, the generation in which we live, and even in the generations that are before us. Father, we thank you for those in the past who, who stood firm in the gospel, who, who continued the work, Father, even to the day in which we live today. But Father, help us to never be satisfied. Help us never to be content with what's already happened, but what will happen in the future, Father. There's still so many more that need to be reached. There's so many more that need to be discipled. And Father, I just pray, Lord, that as we leave here today, before we leave here today, we come to, the, to, to realize that there's a great task that stands before us. There's a great mandate. There's a vision that you gave us even 25 years ago to pursue those things that are close to your heart. Father, help us to be that church that reaches out, the disciples that equips, but most of all, follows your heart as you lead. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I think many of you would probably say, why are we doing this today? This is December. Well, let me just give it to you like this. When I shared with the staff that I thought today we needed to do this, they weren't all on board either. Uh, you probably have heard it at times. But, but I, I feel like this is such a crucial point in our church's history, especially with the budget we're presenting uh, for 2024. It'll be a budget that kind of propels us over the next decade as to what we will be doing as we go forward. And I thought, you know, we really shouldn't vote on this budget. We really shouldn't look to the leadership going forward until we understand fully what we're committing to in the budget itself. 
Because some of you have probably looked ahead, and I invite you to look there, the way the budget is broke down on your handout. You will see that there's quite an increase in several of those lines. And I felt like it needs a lot of explanation. And that's what we're here to do today, to not only explain that, where you can affirm what we we believe God has placed in the hearts of the leadership that really dates back all the way 24 years ago, but also that we could get excited about the possibilities of what God could do in the future. God's Word says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. The word perish there, when you really break it down, it literally means they're scattered. That means there's no purpose, there's no direction, there's, there's nothing out there that it is excelling to or working towards. In the message, it reads this, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. And that's the kind of church I would love to see God uh, put in our hearts as we move forward. Since 2021... Since 2021, now this is just a couple years ago, 395 people have joined our church family. Now that is a lot of people for Cleveland County for church uh, to, to, to see that. And we're so grateful, especially for those of you who've come to be a part of our church. Our average attendance has grown since 2021 35%. 35%. You can kind of look around and see that. Our average connect group attendance has grown 13%. Now, let me just say that. While these numbers look good, that's one number that I am concerned about. I believe it's important that you center the teaching of God's Word uh, in the platform in which we have here on Sunday mornings and worship the Lord uh, to love Him, uh, to love God. But let me just say this. If you're really going to grow, you got to be a part of a connect group. How many of you have heard that before from up here? Okay, anybody sick of it yet? Okay, but those of you who've been around a long time, they're already doing it, you're sick of hearing it. But I'm telling you, that's where we desire the greatest growth in our church, is for people to come alongside of one another, grow around God's Word, to help do life together. It's meant more to my family as I came here uh, 30-some years ago to be able to do that, and it will yours if you'll get involved. Our budget has grown 26% since 2021. Now, let me tell you why that's a great thing. It's not just a good thing, it's a great thing. When our budget grows, guess what else happens? Our missions giving grows. So as our budget has grown 20%, guess what? Because our missions are are based on percentages, we give 12% of everything that comes in through our budget to missions, our missions giving has grown 26%. It's a great way all this is set up. And God, I believe, is blessing us because we continue to attempt to be obedient to what he's given us. Now, as it relates to the mandate, the mandate of what we've been called to do were the verses we just heard from these individuals. And what we must understand is there's not only a mandate that's been given in Scripture that clearly outlines what we were to be about. Sometimes God, many times God, puts a vision alongside that about how a particular church will accommodate that, will meet the mandate that he set forth. And that's something we put together, our scene come together 24 years ago, and it continues today. So everything we do, this is what you need to understand about our church, everything we do is very intentional. 
from our culture of transparency and generosity to the environments that we create for ages, to the processes that we follow, to the teaching and even how we teach, to, to how we participate in missions, and even how we structure our budget. All these things go into being who we are and how we seek to, to do the mandate God's called us to do. But it doesn't end there. It's also how we build for the future to continue this great work that we believe started in this church, think about it, since 1949 is when it began. A small group of believers under a tent said, let's start a church here on this corner of this county. And God has taken over and done the rest. Everything we do is an attempt to intentionally follow not only the Word of God, but also the heart of God as we closely reach out, as we disciple, as we equip the generations of people God has placed around us. That is what He's called us to. Not just a mandate that's faceless, but that mandate has faces associated with it. It's people, it's souls that God desire to not, he desires not only to come unto him in salvation, but that they may be discipled in such a way that God can use them in the ways he intends to use them. And we won't be satisfied until we continue to push that and push that and try to reach the mandate he's put before us. So if you look at the handout, you say, here, here it is. Why do we exist as a church family? You heard it a while ago. To love God, to connect with others, and to reach the world. Now, how do we do it? One way we do it is what we do when it comes to the giving that comes into this church. And I'm telling you, as I've already said, the budget that we're proposing for today is just over 19% from the year before. Now, you say, why are y'all putting it so high up there? Well, for one thing, we actually, as of this week, have met last year's budget, or we're very close to it. That tells you a lot about the giving and how God has just showed up in our giving over this last year. So if you look there on your outline or here on the screen, here's what you'll find. Our missions giving from 2023 to 24 has gone from about 189 to 225. Our ministries have gone from 177 to 210. Operating expense, a necessary evil we have here, 223 to 251. But then this is probably the biggest thing that glares at all of us, is the fact that our salaries have gone from 655 to 811,000. Now let me just say this. Our pastors are really good and our support staff are really good. We're not that good to get that kind of a raise, okay? That has, that has very little to do with us. Now, the deacons have always been generous, and finance committee has always been generous enough to attempt to, to, to give us and take care of our families, and they do a wonderful job of that. But what you're seeing in this number are some things that we're looking at in the future, and I'll talk about that in just a moment. So, how do we financially fulfill the mandate and the vision God's given us? Again, look at your budget there. First of all, I want to highlight our missions. Our missions are very important here, and I've already talked a little bit about it. But I want you to look at between 2023 and 2024, how much it's gone up. It's gone up because our giving has gone up. And as a result, our missions giving is at $225,000 just for this year. This does not include what individuals will give to missions as we'll send our own people on mission. doesn't include that. 
It's just those that we partner with as we move forward. Now, here's what is the most amazing thing. It's amazing how God multiplies what we do. But here's one thing that blew my mind. Went back, did a little research. Since 2000, we've given just under, just under $7 million to missions as a church family. That's pretty good for a little church, I tell you. God has richly blessed. Amen. Now, the cooperative program, if you'll look at the list here, we support, we are partners with Southern Baptists. And the reason we, we've always, this has always been a Southern Baptist church. Some of you are sitting here this morning and you're gasping, you had no idea. But we are, we, can, we, we, we partner with Southern Baptists. And here's the reason why. We believe they do a great job of training individuals for ministry. Our seminaries are very conservative when it comes to scripture. Very conservative. When it comes to our mission boards, uh, the, the Southern Baptist Mission Board is a, is a mission board that's not just doing social gospel, trying to meet physical needs. That's important too. Jesus met those needs. But their emphasis is church planning in places around the world where there is no church of Jesus. And so we can get behind that. And so that for, therefore, we're very into that. The Greater Cl uh, Cleveland County Baptist Association. If you look around here, a lot of the ministers, all the Baptist churches that are kind of pulled together by that one group of people. And what it is, is they provide church training and mission opportunities for churches who, who aren't big enough to have their own. And it's a great help to our ministry, our, our community. Uh, uh, Ple Pleasant City Missions. We have a mission board that literally puts people on the mission field. If you're a member here under the watch care of this church, guess what? You can go to the missions board and be a part of a, a mission team that, that we send out or be a part of something that God's laid on your heart. And they'll hear you. And, and there's funds that could be available to you. Also, community crisis. There's needs in our community that show up at our door right here on our campus. And it gives us the ability to meet needs. And so there's percentages that go to that. Then here's our outreach. Nepal missions. Many of you know that God, I believe, has really blessed us as a result of this connection with our partners there in Nepal. Church planning, mission partners, all those things. East-West Ministries, the Philbecks, many of you know them, uh, came right up through our ministry. We're so proud of them. Uh, they're helping plant churches in, in, in countries that uh, I can't really say a whole lot more beyond that. But anyway, the Caribbean Missions, his, his branches ministry, Daniel and Aaron Rice, they're part of our church. They, they help us uh, carry on missions. Central American Missions, Eduardo and, and Callie Lopez, uh, the Luckadoo, Callie Luckadoo, our own. We've been able to get behind them. They have that beautiful school there in Central America, and we continue, and many of you support them individually. European Missions, Tessa Walsh, this is something new to our budget, but we've sent a mission team to go where she is, and, and, and they came back with some amazing reports, and they feel we should put the, her into the budget, and she's one of us also. One more, one less. We're considered a champion church, which means we're one of those who attempts to not only have a ministry here in our church, that we try to reach other churches to be a part, or individuals also, and that's led by Jeff and Mandy Marburger, Chris Gray, and Amy Bridges, and there's many others. Pregnancy Resource Center, uh, if you'll look at our budget, we've really, I think we've doubled the amount we typically give to the Pregnancy Resource Center. We're at a crucial time <laughs> for that ministry to be relevant in the day in which we live. 
Also, Gideon's International, we support that in the distribution of God's Word. Child Evangelism, it's one of the only ministries that allows us to go into the, the, the public schools to, to, to teach Jesus, basically. One Love Skate, Josh and Nicole Marburger there in Maui. Uh, the, the Cleveland County Rescue Mission, it helps the homeless, those who are without. Hands-on mission, Stephen Hogg, he's over this ministry. He and his wife are a member of this church. They help put local and international mission teams together. Wycliffe translators, Steve and Diane Parkers, they're part of our church also, and they go and primarily work there in Spain. But there's so many ways that we reach out. Rick Fancher, one of our, our retired ministers here in our church, helped put together a volunteer guide to community ministry. There's some of you who are like, where can I plug in? Well, maybe it is here. We'd love to have you <laughs> to be a part of our ministry. But maybe he's called you into something a little different. Because we have these packets back there on the desk. You can pick one up. It tells you exactly how you can be involved in those ministries that we support. It, this is one of the greatest resources I believe we put in front of you. But it will help you as you, make, as you uh, try to understand what God's calling is on your life. All these things, this missions giving is at the heart of God, and it should be at the heart of who we are too. Next, I want to highlight ministries. Ministries, our giving is going to go from one seventy-seven dollars to $210,000. This would include all kinds of things. Now, let me tell you one thing that I'm probably most proud of about our church. is not only do we love Jesus and we want to see his great commandment expanded, but we're a multi-generational church. I love that. I love that. There's a lot of churches out there that are reaching people, but they're only reaching one segment of people. This church has attempted to do, to be a multi-generational church. And I'm telling you, that's the healthiest church you can have, is when you have young people studying the Bible with older people. Now that includes me from what I understand. I'm part. But anyway, it, it, it's such an exciting place. And so we have preschool ministry, children, students, all these things. One thing that just kind of came out of nowhere, nowhere recently, we have a single adult ministry for young professionals. Let me just tell you something. That ministry probably has the greatest potential to grow than any other ministry in our church. I believe once word gets out that that ministry has begun and it continues to reach people, it'll be a pretty dynamic ministry. Our community needs this, okay? Also, as you look down, foster families. We minister to foster families, uh, all-in marriage, single moms, senior adults, prayer teams, worship and tech teams, greeter teams, hospitality. How many of you love the coffee when you come in in the mornings? Uh, these people get here early in the morning. Uh, those who take meals to those who are hurting, especially at the time of death and families. All that would include there. Mother's morning out. We get to minister to 65 children each week that come into our church. Uh, Co-op homeschool, 78 children on Thursdays come here. Many are not a part of our church, but guess what? We've reached some of those families also. Grief share, something I've been praying about for many years, and we had a couple of ladies come forward and say, you know something? I want to I wanna be a part of that. That's important, and it's such a powerful thing. And then, of course, Christian counseling. Also, uh, I want to talk briefly about operating expenses. These are necessary things to keep the lights on. How many of you think that might be important? It, it is. It, <laughs> replace things that get torn up. All that's important. So that's something you got to have in your budget. But then I want to talk about the salary line. And this is where we've gotten most of our questions. And I understand that. It's, it, it, here's what's ironic about it or great about it. 
Just as the budget has grown 19%, our salaries are going to grow 19%. And so it's remained consistent with the overall budget numbers. But let me tell you how far this can reach for us, okay? And all, everything I'm getting ready to tell you is necessary, not just for today, but in the future growth. You see, you hire staff for one of two reasons. To, to be reactive to your growth, and we need to do some of that. But you also hire staff to be proactive, to be proactive. Uh, and they come in with the ability to reach, okay? And so it's important. Now, what I'm getting ready to share with you is both reactive and proactive, okay? But I think you'll understand. The first thing we need is a data entry reception support staff. We have two ladies <laughs> who are driven crazy by seven pastors in our, in our staff, on our staff, okay? We come to them. We, I mean, it's just chaos. And as we've grown, we've understood more recently, especially, how much of wear and tear that is on them with seven different people coming at them. And so we need some more secretarial support, you can understand, especially if we're going to grow the staff going forward. And so that is a very necessary hire, and, and data entry has become a big deal in our church family, especially since we've asked Connect Groups to help us out with our preschool ministry. This thing has gotten huge around here, and so we need that. Also, what we're proposing in this budget is an associate worship leader, okay? This would take place uh, April 1st is when this person can be put in place. They will assist in worship, and they will also help oversee the day-to-day -day maintenance of our church. Now, many of you are sitting here saying, worship leader, maintenance. That should never go together, or does it, is it possible? Well, Wesley Green has proven it's possible. The man gets up here and leads us in worship, and I've seen him over a commode before. I mean, it's just the most amazing thing, trying to fix, not throwing up or anything, but, <laughs> but it's just an amazing thing to see the gifting that, that, that comes together. But guess what? This, this is something we've recently uncovered. He's spending 60% of his time on the maintenance issues here in our church. And 40% leading one of the bigger churches as it relates to worship. I don't know about you, but I want some help in there on this one. And so we're looking at hiring a worship assistant worship leader who will come in and help with worship, but also help uh, with the maintenance also. Next, associate children's leader. We would like to put this person in place by June 1st. Now, let me say this about our children's ministry. It is the fastest growing attended ministry in our church. It is kind of, it has its own little population thing that it's doing right now. And, and it's big. It's gotten big. The cool thing about uh, our leadership over there is we have great leadership. And, and I'm telling you, it's really good, but it's, it's burnout worthy <laughs> uh, going into the future. And so what, what we're proposing is hire a children's leader. You say, well, are we getting rid of Corby? Uh, no, we're not. I know there would be a riot if we attempted to do that. But, but no, what we're looking at is basically Corby overseeing all children's ministry. Now you say, well, how big can that be? It's big. When you take in consideration all the children in the MMO and, the man, and, the, and overseeing that program, now the co-op, 78 children involved with that, not counting the parents, 78 children. 
Then our own church's ministry is growing. And again, it's the fastest growing area of our church right now is the preschool and the children. And so what we would like to do is put a children associate worship uh, children's leader in place so Corby can kind of be over the whole thing. But here's what's really cool. Corby will be able to move more towards helping families. Families also help d- disciple their children. He's doing some of that even now. And that is one of the biggest things going forward I feel like the church better pay attention to is equipping families to lead their families. It's so important. And so this is something, I'm, I'm just as excited about this as anything. But many of you may not know, on Sunday mornings now, because of the attendance over in the other building, we, we are now operating with two small groups during hours and two large group hours. I mean, this thing is really uh, moving in, in, a, in a big time way. And our Wednesday night program for children is also gaining ground. And then in May of 2025, our goal would be to hire an associate student leader who would come beside Andrew. I mean, if you know Andrew, uh, has a, I mean, he's, he's been here since May, and he and Jada, they've done a wonderful job with our, our student ministry. There's still a whole lot more that we can expand that ministry. And the reason we don't feel like we have to address it in 2024 is because also of the solid leadership that he can rely on in a volunteer way. But at some point, we're going to need this position. And so be praying for that going forward. So that is why you see the increase in the salaries. And we feel this will go a long ways going further as we go into the future. And you'll hear more about that in just a moment. Then the payoff. If you look on your budget, again, the payoff and the immediate need. Now, there are some things we must address. But I want us to celebrate a little bit. The worship center expansion that we did in here, $1.3 million, it's a lot of money, isn't it? But, but let me tell you what, what's happened. The balance as of January 1st of this year, we're projecting that balance to be only $440,000, okay, remaining, okay? Now, let me tell you something, and I didn't realize this until I started seeing the numbers. In the last 19 months... Our church, through the budgets and individual giving, because the giving's been so good, we've been able to retire in 19 months $800,000 off that loan. In 19 months. Now, some of you are sitting there saying, well, is that a big deal? It is for this church. I'm telling you. I mean, we, we've, many of you have been around a long time. We ain't never seen anything like this before. But God has been so gracious to do what he's doing. So in 19 months, we've retired $800,000. Now, let me say this. That means four forty dollars will be left, and we're projecting based on how fast we got to that number. And, of course, as you get to the end, it's like a toilet bowl swirling. You like my toilet stuff up here today? <laughs> it, it gets faster and faster, and it gets paid off, and we love that part. We're projecting that loan to be paid off by August of this year. It, it's just amazing to see what God's doing there. But then, and some of you are like, well, then are we going to address these other things? We're getting there. But we have some immediate needs that we need to deal with before we jump to some of the major construction. The immediate needs, the warehouse over there, the audio and video has not been updated in many, many years. Matter of fact, it takes uh, a troubleshooter to run it when they do it. So Andrew inherited a lot of stuff over there. (laughs) 
It's just we got to get all that back on, 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 on page. So uh, that's, we're looking at about $65,000 there. And then we need more parking. Can you believe it? Every time we turn around, we're adding more parking. We need 75 more parking spaces. That's another 95. Uh, preschool uh, playground. How many of you, uh, the playground is 22, 23 years old. And plus, we've got to move it anyway for something in the future. So we're going to move it out of there and put it out there in the regular field and create our own little area and put a canopy over some of the picnic shelter out there. Uh, then, believe it or not, I never would have thought it, but we looked into it. We're going to need golf carts to help you people who, who struggle kind of getting back and forth because we know we're getting further and further away from the building uh, to help uh, with that scenario. Uh, and then uh, worship center roof repairs. We've got to redo this whole roof. Uh, we've, we've temporarily fixed it. We're good for a while, but it's going to need to be addressed, okay? Uh, all that comes to 380000 Based on our giving, uh, we, there's no reason why this can't be taken, uh, taken care of by June of 2025. So all that, that's a big deal. We're getting all that behind us. But then here's what we think is going to be necessary for the coming decade. Now, we do not, the projections of everything we've seen in our growth, the way it's projected out, we don't believe we're going to maintain the growth that we've been having, but we're probably going to maintain a little growth, okay? So what we need to do going forward, there's several things. First of all, we need, uh, if you go to the next screen there, the Warehouse Connect Hall. Uh, you, you're not going to believe this, but if you're here on Wednesday nights, Students are now taking over this building on Wednesday night. <laughs> They've taken care of their building, and now they're moving in uh, some of the small groups into this building to get everybody their space they're needed. Uh, there's even been a couple brave the elements and meet outside on the cement. <laughs> if you want to see it, it's pretty spectacular. But anyway, um, they're going to need their own version of a Connect Hall, and so we're looking at adding four classrooms to the connect hall over there where the cement's not level not on the basketball side but the other side then there's something uh well let me show you that if you look here at this the screen i got a pointer i've been oh if i turn it right way but anyway <laughs> this is the this all from here down is what we currently have this would have like a six foot hallway with four classes 20 by 25 and so that would be that would be uh uh, if we get any bigger than we got, other, we will be getting a middle school from somewhere. Okay, so so that, that is a big need. So you're looking at 2.6, uh, 2,600 square feet. Uh, then the atrium. Uh, if you go, yeah, go to the atrium. Uh, we're looking uh, at the atrium would be filling in between the two buildings here. Okay, that's been on the mandate. That's been on the schedule the way it's looked for many years now. The lower floor, okay, let me show you, uh, right here is where many of you entered. If you entered through the hallway, that's where that is. This will get you into the clubhouse, okay? So on the ground floor, okay, um, this, uh, we, I didn't flip the thing, my fault. Let's see, no, if you place it, okay, if you take this and place it there, <laughs> this will get you in on this side, and it's open air. Okay, big area. We're going to have a classroom here. reason for this classroom is just as important as anything else we do. Uh, this classroom will be for the purpose of those who uh, want to take the class to become a member of the church. Uh, that's where that will take place. At the end of our gatherings, 
We are noticing, and this is happening in a lot of churches. How many of you remember the good old days when we would have a good sermon and people would just come down the aisles? And, 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 that, and, and man, that's an exciting time. It is any time it happens. But we've noticed as we've gotten larger that it becomes more intimidating to take that walk. And so what we would like to do is offer this room at the end of our gatherings where people can go if they need to talk with someone. We think it would be very beneficial going forward in that. Uh, these restrooms are bigger uh, uh, space than the ones in the connect hall. So you have much more on the bathroom level. This is where the coffee is. If you work on the coffee team, you're amening this. This is now indoors. <laughs> okay. So you have the coffee team and all this is important. And there's that connect hall door down there. All right. The upstairs. We've got, this is open air. A, the open atrium to the coming in, possibility of a loft here. This is something needed. This would come out of the worship center, so right at the top up there, there would be a way to get in here from here. But there's also a door coming from the clubhouse over there. It will offer three giant classrooms for our children. And Yeah, Corby, how come I didn't hear Amen. I didn't get anything out of you. Anyway, anyway, we got three big classrooms here. Our live stream room will move here. And so we'll also have a security door here because we will have children in here. So there'll be security measures that will meet uh, the need there. And so this is what would be out there. Now, if you go back to the cost, this is where a lot of cost can occur and will occur. So you see the downstairs and the upstairs uh, we're using numbers as far as square feet, what the cost is. The atrium downstairs will be more because there's more open area there, uh, but we feel it's necessary to get people in, and uh, that's where people will wait as we switch gatherings. So that will be a very important area. Another thing you got to look at is the air, atrium fireproofing. We were told the next thing we build connected to these buildings, we'll have to either put a sprinkler system in or a firewall, so that's going to up something. And then it, this new addition will allow us to expand our seating in here by 85 seats per gathering. So that wall, will, the, the stairs up there will go all the way to the wall. And believe it or not, you can add a, 85 seats to that area. Okay, so that'll help us there. And then we have the adult connect hall. Okay, and, and this is not fully to scale. This building we're sitting in, we're sitting in right here, is 100 by 100. So you can already tell it's not to scale. But it, the goal would be to add eight large classrooms, okay? That would be the goal, and that would be tremendous, okay? Because you're not just getting eight the way we do connect groups around here. For two of our hours, you get, you're not just getting four, you're getting eight. You, you see what I'm talking about? Okay, so that will be a big need going forward for adult connect groups. All right, now I'm tired of talking. Um, so go back to the to the money screen. You're looking at about a five million dollar project to handle all this. Now some of you are like five million. I know y'all got it. It's in there somewhere. <laughs> but <laughs> but but here here's what that's going to look like going forward. Go to the next screen. The goal would be to start new construction by September 2026. We're not that far away, okay? Now, what we feel, if we're going to tackle all of it at one time, which some people have mentioned that, but if we tackle it all at one time, we've got to raise $1 million as a down payment, 
You see, what, you see how that works? 20%. We wouldn't want to do anything different than at least raising 20% of it, okay? So we would raise $1 million by the time we jump into this. Now, it doesn't mean we got to tackle it all at one time. That will be a decision we get to as we get closer to the time because a lot can change in three years. But I'm just giving you the big picture of what we need, and then we'll decide going forward at what timeline will we look at. Now, if we do it all, the goal would be to pay it off in seven years, which would take us to 2033. Now, some of you are sitting here saying, 2023? That's only a decade away, y'all. It's only a decade. And that would, uh, that would be a, a, quite a goal. Now, the long term, some of you are like, okay, well, I skipped the screen. I want to go back. Oh, no, it's right here. Some of you, and let me just say this. To me, this is where we'll, we'll get healthy. It's pretty cool, but we have the ability to put 1,500 adults in, 750 in each hour. Now, we actually have a seating capacity of 935, but they tell us that only 80%, a room will only feel, it'll feel too crowded at 80%. How many of you have heard that before? Okay, so we can really only count on 750 times two be 1,500 on campus for that. Now, our on-campus limits, this would be our limits if we do church the way we're doing it today. We would have 1,500 students and adults in here, and that would take our number based on percentages to 300 preschool and children which would be 1,800 total attenders on the campus on Sunday mornings. If we do it the way we do church now. By this time, Corby will resign, from what I understand. <laughs> so, but <laughs> so what I'm trying to get you to see is this, there is a limit to what we can do here. Now, could it be God causes a big pause and we don't, God can do whatever he wants to. And I'll be honest with you, there's times where it's healthy to, do, to, to go through some times like that. It's just as healthy to pause as it is to grow. Uh, and so we don't know fully, we just know we, here's the plan to get us to the capacity of this campus, okay? We have, so far, there's been no talk with leadership about moving the campus. We would never invest this amount of money and then move somewhere. That's not the goal. The goal is to get this to be the healthiest church possible and then help replant churches that we know will be closing in the next decade. That will be the next move is to help repopulate some of these churches and pick the areas uh, strategically but we got to get as healthy as we can and have a budget that will maintain that kind of expenditures going, those type of things going forward. Um, so if you were to say the long-term vision for satellite location on campus and off campus, our first thing that we can do to, to get a little more space, how many of you remember when we did the 11 o'clock worship over there and we had a recording of the uh, the the. They had a, a band, or the, the worship leaders were over there, but then we had a recording. If you were here back then, we can buy a little time by doing that. But the big-time goal is to eventually start populating ourselves in the county. 
And uh, I've talked to the director of missions here in the greater Cleveland County. He, he said that's definitely going to be a need. What's cool about him is he, he is a church planner. He knows how to do that. And so we look forward to working with the association, possibly going forward with some of that. Now, how many of you are worn slap out? Okay. All right. You think you are. Okay. Now, let me, let me say this. Um, why would we do this on a Sunday morning like this? Well, this is the opportunity y'all give us to do this. And we want as many people on board with this as possible because we want you praying about this. We want you seeking God's face just like we're seeking God's face because we believe there, I mean, it's necessary to have structure. It's necessary to have, to understand your capacities. And that's what we've been working towards. And that's what you've seen here today. Then we'll look further into the future about what's necessary. And so please make it a matter of prayer for us as leaders of our church. I want to read to you Acts chapter 2. I never want us to lose sight of what uh, the first church looked like. And, and so I want to read it to you. Acts chapter 2 verse 41. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day 3,000 souls were added to them. Now how many of you, are, that would be cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> We've already proven. We, anyway, that would be a challenge. And then it says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Now, I find that amazing that God, when you really look at what he's saying, he's talking about the, the studying of God's word, but he puts fellowship beside it. Now, the idea of fellowship could be fellowship with him. But if you read the complete history of the first church, it's also fellowship with one another that we're in fellowship with one another as we're in fellowship with him. And then it goes on and it says, uh, the doctrine uh, and fellowship, how do we know that, that they're getting together? Because they're breaking bread. That means they're eating and they're praying together. Then came fear upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. All of a sudden they started seeing God show up in this place and that place. God was just getting, just blessing them. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. All things in common. And then it says, And they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continually, daily, with one accord, in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily, those who were being saved. Y'all, <laughs> that's a reflective look at the first church. While we don't look perfectly like this, the idea that they went from house to house, that, that would be a great goal to be able to do that. In the day in which we live, it's kind of a different way of we're trying to pull that off. But I'm here to tell you, we got to be, here's, here's the key thing. Doesn't matter how many buildings you build or whatever you build or how you build it or how much money you need to raise. The key thing is this. We follow the mandate of God and we follow the heart of God. And if at any point we step out of that, we, we need to be held accountable. You see, we got to follow the word and the heart of God before we can do anything. And that's the purpose of what we're trying to present here today. Jim Barr, would you come on up here? Would you mind praying with me? Father, we just come to you now, and Lord, uh, it's almost overwhelming to think this far. 
But Father, we've seen what you're capable of. We've seen what you've done here. And Father, we're not assuming anything. We know that you're the one who adds to the church. We know you're the one that takes away from the church. But Father, we, we think if we're not, we, we need to be prudent going forward to, to understand that we need to make room for those to, that come in, that, that, that need to be reached, that need to be discipled. Father, I thank you for just what you've done just in the last couple of years, Father. And we see so many people from all generations being a part of this great work that you're doing. Father, I thank you that uh, we're not just a church that reaches senior adults. We're not just a church that reaches young adults. We're seeing it all the way across the board. You're bringing in the generations. And Father, we thank you that probably as much as anything else. Because we know, Lord, it's the older teaching the younger. It's those who've been given much teaching those who don't have much. Father, help us to continue to be that church that not only reaches, that not only disciples, but also equips. Father, we thank you that we can come and love you, connect with others, and reach the world that your son died for. Continue to give us vision. In Jesus' name, amen.